0: Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. We're back with Rob Cowie of the Nashville Predators here on segment two on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. So, you have a really good career at Northeastern, you graduate school, you sign a free agent contact with the Winnipeg Jets, and you wind up in Moncton for two years. What was the step up like going to the AHL?
1: Well, that was another level. You talked about the uh, step up to being freshman in college hockey. The pro was just another level because um, there wasn't kids just – there wasn't – like in college, seniors knew they were graduating. They were going on – now you're competing with guys that were fighting to keep their livelihoods, and they would literally take your head off to keep their job. So, I mean, that was another realization, a step of, wow, well, wow, this is – this is the real deal. Everybody loves the sport and talks about how great hockey is, and we love it. But it's a business too. And when you're an asset and you're assigned to come in and take somebody's job, then you get the realization that that guy knows he's here to take your job. So, it, you know, so, so that was a whole different another type of uh, type of business. That's for sure.
0: What was your first training camp like? Eye opener.
1: Absolutely eye opener. There was guys like uh, Phil Housley. Was there? I mean, like super pros. There was good. There was, you
0: know, notable names. These are these are guys
1: studs <laughs> studs that you've been watching on TV. Now all of a sudden you're sitting in a locker room with them, and you you don't even know how to act, and you're trying to you know <laughs> I realize I'm such a loser, you know, <laughs> and um you know, but they all were very you know, like I said, they were all all um they were all business. I realized that gosh, the summers weren't just for water skiing anymore. These guys had worked <laughs> their butts off. And, you know, I was probably a little ill-prepared for my first training camp, but I got up to speed really fast. It's, I mean, these guys were professionals for a reason. They played 15, 10, 15 years for a reason. They were best in the world at what they did. And that was another learning lesson. I mean, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a whole bunch of years of strong and steady learning things in all areas
0: you have two productive seasons there and you wind up going to Springfield and you have a great year. Did you think I'm never going to make it? There's just too many guys ahead of me. Um, you know, I'm down here now, this is year three in the minors. Am I ever going to get a shot? I mean, that, that self doubt start to come into your head.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I played two good years in Moncton. I thought I was good enough to get a chance, which I never did. So that's why I asked my agent to find me another place to get a new look. And, uh, Hartford signed me and I was in, in Springfield and Joel Clemville, it was his first, he was my, it was his first head coaching job. And he was in Springfield and he said, Cowboy, you got it. You, you're a good enough player, man. You just, no, one's giving you the chance. Just stay at it, stay at it. And that being said, I had a great all-star year in Springfield and never got called up by Hartford who was the last place team in the NHL. So if Rob Kelly can have can have can be an all-star minor leaguer and not even be able to play one game in the NHL, absolutely. I'd resign myself to that. I'm not an NHL player. Other people have decided that I'm not good enough. So, I mean, I'm just going to have some fun. I'm going to play in some good cities. If I'm not an NHL player, then I'm going to play in a fun uh, minor league city, and that's what brought me to Phoenix. So
0: you wind up in Phoenix in 94, 95, and you get the call that like every hockey player get what dreams they get this phone call. You get called up by the Los Angeles Kings. Um, What was that like? Where were you? And do you remember the first game? (laughs)
1: 100%. Yeah. Well, The the interesting thing that happened that year was there was a lockout. So, so, I had gotten to LA and to Phoenix because my old coach from Moncton had taken the job coaching the LA Kings farm team, the Phoenix Roadrunners. And he'd brought me to play in Phoenix. So not a single person in the LA Kings organization knew who Rob Kelly was. He was just a player that was brought in to play in the minor leagues. But because of the lockout year, all the coaches and the management people from the LA Kings were going down to see the minor league games because they had nothing else to do. So Barry Melrose was the coach of the LA Kings. And he would come down and he would come on the ice with our practices and he would watch our games on the weekend. And I vividly remember the day. It was after a Sunday game. It was a Monday or Tuesday practice. And he was on the ice and he came over and he said, we have no idea who you are. You were just Robo's guy, our, our coaches. He yeah. goes, but, but he said, you can play. And I said, thanks coach. I, you know, I kind of thought I could do a little bit, but he said, no, you're not, you're not fast. Uh, you're not super strong, but you're super smart. So you never get in races that you're going to lose and you never get, you get out of battles that, you know, you're not strong enough for these bigger guys. He goes, you, you, I think you can play. And I was, I mean, that was my re- uh, reinvigorated me in my fourth year pro that gave me another hint and like they say, and if you talk to anybody about timing being everything, that was it. He told me I recommitted myself to being a pro, to fitness, to doing all the things. And then the lockout ended, and Barry traded two defensemen away, and I was up in the NHL.
0: What was that like? First time coming up? What was it? I mean, what, you get there. Were you, were, you a, was that, were your first game a home game or a road game or? where were you? And, you know, a lot of guys say it's just, it's, it's something you never forget. It's almost like your wedding day.
1: So it's a Saturday night. I've played in Phoenix for the road We've played a home game and we played against the Minnesota Moose, which is now a defunct team, obviously yep. Minnesota. And my friends from Springfield, three of the guys from Springfield are now in Minnesota. So we all go out to dinner after the game. So it's 1130 at night. No one has cell phones. Okay. So we're so we're at like most teams, we're at the local bar that everybody knows we're at. I get a phone call, I get paged over the speaker phone at this bar. And and all my buddies are like, Whoa, we're getting big time. Cowboy, you're getting called big time. I get called to the hostess stand at this bar, and it's guys from LA, and they said, Sean O'Donnell got took a slap shot in the chest. In L.A. tonight, there's an afternoon game tomorrow at one o'clock. Now it's midnight and I'm in the bar, but whatever. (laughs) So they're like, you're going up. You're going up to L.A. The game's at one. There's a plane at 930. Go to the the rink right now. It's midnight. Go to the rink. Get your bags. Go home. Get on this 930 flight. It gets you in 11. Check in in the hotel. Get over to the rink. The game's at one. You might play, you might not play. And it depends on Sean O'Donnell's injury. So of course, Sean, I've known him for four years because we've played against each other everywhere. I immediately drive home and call Sean O'Donnell. I said, and I said to him, they just called me up because they, because they don't know if you're hurt or not. And I said, Sean, we've been friends for a lot of years and we're going to be friends forever if you can do me one favor, if you can tell them you can't play tomorrow, so I can, <laughs> and he and, he, and he said, cowboy, it's done. Consider it because <laughs> I thought this might be the only game I ever play, but I'm going to, I said that I'm going to be in the NHL. I'm going to be in the NHL register. No one can ever take this away from me. And Sean, so I get on the plane. I well, I leave the bar. Everybody's like, Let's we'll have one more drink. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm I gotta go, I gotta go. And so I get to the rink, and I'm at the rink, and I see Sean. He's in the medical training, and they're looking at him. He's like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh my god! Ah. And then the trainer goes, no, no, okay. And it's like, okay, cowboy, you're in. And that was that was my first game. And it, to uh, to describe the experience, it's um, when you walk in when you turn into you, you got your bag, and you come around the corner. And you're late already because the plane was late. And you got Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry, uh, Grant Fuhrer, Kelly Rudy, uh, Marty McSorley. I mean, what do you do as a kid that's just coming in? I mean, it was just unbelievable. But The first guy that came over was Wayne. And he said, hi, I'm Wayne Gretzky. I said, yeah, uh, I got an idea. (laughs) That was you. And they were great. And they said, we heard a lot of great things. I Warren Reichel was on that team, and I played with him for a year in Moncton. So he told the guys that, you know, he gave me the double thumbs up. So everybody was, was good. And then I was off to the races. I was scared as could be, man. But it was it. I remember coming off my first shift and said, I was gonna ask you. that was it. I said, that was it. No matter what happens, they can't take it away from me. I've played in the NHL. And then, you know, he just terrified. <laughs> terrified I'm just sitting there just absolutely terrified and then you know you get through it and then then one became two and two became three and four and i did uh, had some success barry liked me like i said and they sent down another kid and i stayed up and that was it i was off to the races for two years with the uh, with la kings we're talking with rob cowie scout for the Nashville
0: predators here on inside the game brought to you by flex coach and flex coach vr so let's talk about – you're on a team with Gretzky and you're in Los Angeles. I mean, that's, you know, the epicenter of entertainment. You know, a lot of people say it's like New York. Um, what's that experience like to travel with him and the team? And I mean, just it, – it's got to be just you're, – you're coming – from Phoenix and Springfield is really not to knock Springfield, Springfield's a secondary <laughs> or third city. Now you're in Los Angeles under the glitz and the glamor. And there's, you probably in warm ups looking around the rink and there's celebrities and there's this and there's, that. I mean, was it just mind blowing to you?
1: It was, it was awesome. It was mind blowing. The grew well said, uh, it was a Christmas everyday type scenario. You never knew what was, uh, what was going to happen, who was going to come through the door, uh, who was going to come to try to see Gretz. Uh, it was literally, it was, it was something that it's really hard to describe. And, and by chance in where I grew up in Toronto, Kurt Russell had a cottage as well. So I had, and I had taught one of his kids hockey schools. So I had some familiarity with Goldie and Kurt from Northern Ontario. So I get to LA and they're sitting on the ringside, and they're like, "Hey, cowboy!" So, so, the, so now the next thing is I'm having Christmas at the at Goldie and Kurt's house, and there's Tom Cruise and Chevy Chaser's <laughs> is in the kitchen, and I'm like, I'm pinching myself every single day. I, I literally, I would literally go home and call my buddies back home in Ontario and tell them, "Okay," they'd be like, "Okay, tell us what happened today. Who did you see?" I mean, they, I had like. I had 15 guys living my life with me every day. I mean it was you know, It was a lot of it was really a pinch yourself moments for sure.
0: So let's talk about your first goal. What do you remember about it? And Mr. You know, Wayne Gretzky assists you on this goal. I mean, were you like, oh my gosh, this is this is every child's dream to be in the NHL.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was a typical Gretzky move. I mean, uh, there was a delayed penalty. They'd got an offensive zone penalty in our, uh, we were as we were breaking out. So I knew I could jump up, I jumped up. Yari Curry passed the puck to Gretz, just like you've seen him do a thousand times. He went deep below the hash marks, curled to the boards. I came late through the middle. A nice sauce pass right on my tape. I, Closed my eyes, took a swing and uh, <laughs> top shelf. So, and then again, I mean, it's a series of like, did that really happen? Type things. You now is this really, really happening? And uh, yeah. Cowie from Gretzky and Curry. That was the first, that's not a bad, that's no, not that's, a bad that's, that's first that's, that's one.
0: Yeah. sounds like a law firm, but it's a great thing. You, yeah. still have, you still have the puck.
1: I have it over my right shoulder right here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,
0: what was it like to play with him? I mean, I, I've always been fascinated with you know he curls in he he really you know was an innovator more than a player in a lot of ways. I mean, did you have to elevate your game when you're out there with him and and like don't make mistakes? And you know when you think in the back of your mind, oh my God, I'm out here. This is one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player, and he's got Yari Curry with him, and we've got these are yeah. guys who are legends. These are not just your typical guys you play with. Did you have to say to yourself, oh my God, this is what I have to do all the time? Was there pressure? Did you put pressure on yourself like that?
1: the the main thing that we had to the main thing that you had to be aware of was you might get the puck anytime I mean where you're playing with other people you're like okay there's no chance it's coming to me now he was just so smart so skilled and so great that he he could get if he wanted to get the puck to you it was going to end up on your stick somehow so you had to be ready that it could come to you so you better be ready all the time to do something with it And usually it's try to get it back to him when he gets, I mean, I mean, um, the job was about getting, getting open and getting free. And that was, if you could do that, you could be really successful as a, um, as a player there. And he ended up liking me because I could do that. I kind of, I could kind of see what he was trying to accomplish. I would go to the area where I knew he kind of wanted me to go. And I mean, it, it worked out real well. It was good.
0: What were practices like with him? I mean, did he talk to you and say, hey, Rob, you know, I'm going to be doing this, we're going to do this, or, you know, look for me to do this in this situation. I mean, did they kind of sit down and break it out with you guys to say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do?
1: Absolutely. Just like um, just like most practices, most teams drawn up by the coaches, and then when you go and do power play, you would go down to your one zone, and that's when he would take over. He'd be like, let's, let's try this because we're playing this team – this upcoming they do this he was at another level with as far as knowledge of what other teams are trying to accomplish especially against him because probably since he was eight years old he had a shadow on him so he would be he would be very um very open and very sharing with what he knew his knowledge of the game and all he had to do was listen and try to execute
0: did he know the league what better than the coaches
1: yep 100 percent.
0: yeah it's interesting did he also too he wasn't a big guy physically but yet he seemed to avoid getting drilled getting into issues i mean how did did, did some nights just be on the ice with him and just be like oh my god like i can't believe he made that play no one in the world can make that play yeah.
1: well that was that was his otherworldly sense of the game i mean how the game is played he just he just thought it like no one else did so he could see he could see at three plays who was trying to do what to him and where he was going to get away. And between the fact that he was as slippery as he could and he was just, he thought, three steps ahead. So that's what kept him out of all the trouble.
0: Talk about Barry Melrose. He had tremendous success coming into L.A. He had a flair about him. Um, I, I Just some disclosure, I worked with him for a while in television. Great guy, really understands hockey. What would you take away from him? as a coach
1: well again like I said earlier he was one of the first NHL guys to believe in me he gave me a lot of opportunity a lot of chances he he took a shine to me so I mean the lesson in there might be that if you believe in a coach and if the coach gets the players to believe in them they can be probably more than they ever thought they could be and Barry did that with me he gave me not only opportunity with ice time and stuff, but he'd, he'd grab me, and, and, and every once in a while when he saw maybe my, uh, my confidence was waning, he would grab me to the side and say, Galway, hey, you belong here, bud. You're, you're good enough to be here. Don't, don't, uh, don't doubt why you're here. You're good enough. And that was one of the best things that he did for me.
0: So, unfortunately, doesn't work out. Things change because, you know, that's hockey. Um, but I want to ask you, is it tougher I've asked this question to a lot of guys. Is it tougher to make it to the NHL or is it tougher to stay in the NHL?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, It's, yeah, it's tough to stay. That's for sure. I mean, um, for for me, maybe the best thing about me was that I never took a day in the NHL for granted because I was always a just almost just there or just, I mean, I've seen guys be completely shocked when they're sent down or cut or released. And they didn't realize it, that this wasn't going to last forever. I, I appreciated every day I was in the NHL. I was happy to be there. I worked to try to stay there, but I was also a very realistic guy. Like you said, the last year, Barry had gotten fired. The team wasn't doing well. And when the team doesn't well, that equals changes, as you know. And who gets changed to first, the low-hanging fruit are the sixth and seventh defensemen, and those, that's who gets replaced by younger guys. So that was it for me. I mean, that was a great experience. Two years, I knew it was coming to an end. So, uh, I mean, I moved on to another uh, adventure. and went. That was segment two with Rob Cowie
0: from the Nashville Predators. Stay tuned for segment three here on Inside the Game. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR.